0: Hello and welcome, heroes, to what's left of the Crit Academy. (laughs) I am your host, Justin.
1: And I'm your co-host, Austin. I'm your co-host, Ian.
0: Um, We hope to inspire you today with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. We want to thank you for joining us today. If everything looks different, that's because I could not get Streamlabs to open at all. So we're using something else. Yes, so we're using Restream at the moment. I don't know if it has anything to do with the power outage. Or what? My stuff wasn't plugged in, so we are making do. Oh, hey, we're live over there, too, on TikTok. I
1: just started it off. Uh, so, <laughs> Welcome, guys. Uh, we're going
0: we're gonna to make our way through this uh, cluster F of problems, uh, as always. Uh, hopefully, um, we'll be able to uh, still deliver you some amazing content at a little bit less quality, I guess. Won't be up to the snuff that you're used to. How about that? Uh, <laughs> With that, uh, (laughs) thank you for joining us here today at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter.
2: That's right, your roles are like a Dungeon Master's bookshelf with only one Monster Manual.
1: Believe it or not, there's always more out there.
0: You can't go wrong with more, I'm gonna be honest. (laughs) Yeah, you really can't. Oh man, I am super pumped for today's episode, it's why I'm, uh, I'm so sad that we're having some issues, because I wanted to kind of, I might still be able to, uh open up the uh, dual boxing and show you guys as we kind of go through this. But today we're going to be talking about the Expanded Monster Manual 3. Now, if you don't know, the, mon- the Monster Manual Expanded 3 is the culmination of nearly two years of work by our friend Manix Draconix Sala, I think is how you say that. I'm sure that's wrong. My bad, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As oh, well, with the previous know. books, the Monster Manual Expansion 3 consists uh, assists Dungeon Masters by cutting their prep time and providing them with additional bestiary options to dress up your adventures. Now, honestly, I I, I love monster books. I can't get enough of them. Nope. Uh, it's in, why he usually does the monsters. Which is weird because you would think I would have used every monster in all my books, but I haven't. It's just always, you know, what out more can it's I always,
1: get? <laughs> we always seem to run into... Uh, giants kobolds <laughs> and goblins just like everyone else it's just the the way the it always repeat
0: right uh, they're just so good <laughs> so you know you always expect them uh, many of the creatures in this tome are archetypes and variants found in the monster manual volo's guide to monsters morningkind's tome of and other official D&D 5e books there will be more new monsters in this ed- third time around which is exciting as well as there'll be uh monsters from earlier editions making a uh us taking uh making an appearance which is fun. Yep. Uh and a few others have their roots in uh Manix's home country in the Philippines which I think is really really cool. It is. It's not that very cool. section
1: there. Yeah. Uh, the most notable feature of this book, however, outside of its, you know, amazing Lauren stat box, which, by the way, there's nice tons, touch. uh, is the amazing artwork. Uh, thanks to the amazing talents of Bad Moon Art Studios, Dean Spencer, Brian Valesa, as well as Ruben De Vela and Sanderson Gonzaga, uh, almost every stat block is represented by magnificent artwork that can inspire dungeon masters to create exciting encounters. Uh, particularly, I know one that I chose, uh, the thing definitely got me was Definitely, the artwork that I saw, it was incredible.
2: And we consider the fact that it's over 250 monsters in here, I feel like that's really saying something. Yeah, yes. it really is. Um, that's,
0: I mean, that's a lot. As somebody who makes a monster once a week, um, that's a lot. It is a lot, yeah. <laughs> Respect. So, mad kudos to Man X and the team. Uh, you guys did a wonderful job. Um, with that, why don't we delve into this bad boy? Now, I have a plan. I'm going to try to share my screen to show the monsters Uh, as we go but honestly i haven't used this platform more than once or twice so we'll see if it works we'll give it a go uh it looks like i might be able to do it maybe um Uh, so let's take a look i don't know if it'll do side by side here will it let's find out nope it's not gonna let me that's a shame well there we go oh i think we got it it's just slow catching up Oh, 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 there yeah, we go. That, well, okay. that doesn't work. That's just for you guys. Uh, let's About try picture-in-picture. Picture picture. Picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, there we go. You can still see us in the bottom all right, that'll work. All right, we're little tiny okay. guys down in the bottom. So, but that's okay. You uh, get to see
1: the magnificent yeah. artwork.
0: Yeah, so first of all, <laughs> um, if you're interested in checking this out, please head on over to rebrand.ly slash MME3, as in Monster Manual Expanded 3. Um, you'll find a link there to the full-on product, as well as a, a short breakdown of... Uh, some of our favorite picks, as well as the uh, Unearthed Tips and Tricks for this episode. Now, let's get into this. First of all, the cover art is amazing.
2: It is um,
0: phenomenal. It is, it is uh, just awesome. Uh, and from what I understand, this is from one of Manix's uh, personal games, and definitely inspired by the Tyranny of Dragons. Uh, what is that? The horde of the Dragon Queen set- yep. setting stuff, right? new so, dragons that was actually exactly it. so you can you can take a look at this first of all the layout's done really good they've got some really good uh, um, quotes in here from some people who got to take a peek at it in mm-hmm. advance which is awesome uh, but we're gonna get right into the meat of it obviously this bad boy right on front I swear to God it just so happens that that's the one I picked um it was coincidence and I realized he was there after the fact. So once again, it's
1: very funny. Um
0: lots of good artwork. Uh the layout is very professional. Uh this is, you're talking like uh
1: Yeah, this is some like real like wizards, wizards of, the, of the, coast the coast level stuff. stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
0: so kudos to the team. As you can see this massive list of monsters. It's what I would huge. love to do is go through every single one of these bad boys inch by inch, but let's be honest,
1: our show is about an hour. We, we we can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a time. So we were scow- scoured through this entire big monster manual here and picked some of our favorites. And those are the ones we're going to kind of talk about today. Does anybody want to go first?
1: Uh, I do not mind going first. All right. what What monster did you
0: pick today?
1: So mine is from the Demon Archetype. It is number, it's on page 49. Page 49? Yep. Uh, and it is the hierophant of annihilation. Oh
0: nice. That's it a It sounded good one.
1: very cool.
0: I think there's Oh, and it's worth noting that there is art pieces for every monster that I looked at so far. Did I Was there any uh, one that didn't? Not to my knowledge. I think almost all of them, if not all of them had artwork, which was fantastic. You don't always see that a lot in third party mm-hmm. content usually. Uh, look at this monster. Looks like a badass just looking at the artwork. How um, dope is that?
1: It's choke slamming an angel. So, <laughs> <laughs> Angel, please. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to kind of give you a rundown. of what It's this stepping on look.
0: one. It's speared another like an alien. Yeah, That's it's awesome. It
1: is very cool. Um, so what
0: can you tell us about these Hierophant of Annihilation, which is awesome, by the way. I love the name.
1: Uh, so the Hierophants <laughs> of Annihilation are the mightiest servants of Orcas and the progenitors of Bodax. Uh, which means that they derive from that stat block, uh, and you can kind of see some of that stuff too. And we'll 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 dive into it. But they are free willed and are absolutely loyal to the Lord of the Undead. These horrific demons resemble twenty foot tall giant boeddex with fat like wing vestiges, bony tails that end with stingers, and ram skulls for heads. Their <laughs> massive rib cages bear the marks of orcas, gashes and sections that used to cover their hearts, and their desecrated or er, desiccated. <laughs> bodies gets desecrated too it all uh, fits yeah uh reek of a coppery rotting smell so it even gives you some lore on like what they smell and what they see uh faint greenish auras emanate from their bodies like sickly tendrils these Man, things so are cool. monstrous
0: and let's just touch on how amazing that lore is right off oh, the bat oh it's great and that's just the first paragraph there's a few more that <laughs> dive in there's a lot that it really gets and we won't dive into it too heavily
1: because again shows
0: yeah very short yeah <laughs> Uh, but... Um, let's th- start off with... So what... So obviously this has a dope-ass, uh, story oh, going absolutely. for absolutely. Um, obviously everyone's gonna want to take a look at the black, uh, the, the stat block and everything. Uh-huh. But I see here it's got lair action, so this must be a pretty powerful bastard. Uh,
1: yeah, it's a challenge rating 19. Of course it is. <laughs> it's a very, very big boy. Nice. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, this could be a really fun, like, boss monster, or, like, mm-hmm. if you're playing, like, a very, uh, high-level campaign, this could be, like... The, the guardian at the gate kind of thing right before the big bad evil guy that kind of thing yeah absolutely uh so he he doesn't have to be necessarily the big bad evil guy but he can be the big bad evil guy's uh, uh best friend guarding the front door <laughs> um <laughs> so the things that really caught my eye or rather the features that i like to make note of uh was uh death gaze so very similar to the bodax um uh, they have a very similar ability. I forget what it's called. It's not called Death Gaze, but it's called something else. Uh, but of course, it's when a creature that can see the Hierophant's eyes start its turn within 40 feet of the Hierophant. The Hierophant can force it to make a DC 20 con save if the Hierophant is incapacitated and can see the creature. If the save roll fails by five or more, the creature is reduced to zero hit points unless it is immune to the frightened condition. Basically, you give them a heart attack and they fall uh otherwise
0: get wrecked
1: (laughs) now even then if somehow you uh you know if you are immune to the frightened condition uh otherwise a creature takes 27 or 5d10 psychic damage on a failed save also a bloody ton of damage uh unless surprised a creature can avert its eyes to avoid the saving throw at the start of its turn However, if the creature does so, it has disadvantage on the attack rolls against the Hierophant until the start of its next turn, regardless if it has blindsight or not. Presumably because of the emanating fear of looking Mm -hmm. into this thing's eyes. Uh, If the creature looks at the Hierophant in the meantime... uh, Exactly. Uh, If you can look at the Hierophant in the meantime, it must immediately make the saving throw, unless the Hierophant... And... Here's the the big kicker at the very end. I made sure to put this in bold to really drive it home.
0: <laughs> Let it stand out.
1: Unless the Hierophant already has three Bodaks under its control, a humanoid creature slain by the Hierophant's death gaze rises as a Bodak at the start of the Hierophant's next turn and is under the Hierophant's control.
0: Oh, man. And just to drive
1: that point home, Bodaks are already a challenge rating 9. Oh,
0: Jesus. Now, is that the Bodak something that's in this manual?
1: It's actually not. It actually is the thing uh, in the regular Monster Manual. I believe. I did not know that. It is apparently just some random minion, as far Bodaks? as I am aware. Just a bodak, b o d a k.
0: Huh. I hadn't heard of that until I saw it on nope, your. There's
1: opinion. no c. It's just a k. Oh well,
0: excuse me. No, nah, it's just you won't
1: find it otherwise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that oh, looks apparently, like there's a porn. song. Cardi B. No, yeah. I just? I'm done with that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, regardless. What? Uh, one of these things. What? What book is it? Is it in the regular Monster Manual? Looks like it. Oh wow. Yep. Oh. See, there's another monster that Servant we don't get enough to use, right? Yeah. Oh, Volus, Volus. Volus guy? Okay, Bolos,
1: okay. that makes more sense.
0: Uh, Alright, so, uh, never mind, you didn't really touch much on the fact that it's a spellcaster. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it can teleport at will. <laughs> uh,
1: and it has an Aura of Annihilation, which is, again, what the Bodak has, except this is 40 feet and it
0: does a lot more damage. Now, this thing isn't without its weaknesses, though. It has something I have never seen before, and I think it's awesome sunlight hypersensitivity it does which means it takes five radiant damage when it starts its turn in sunlight uh which is awesome because i totally can see somebody you leveraging the daylight spell um, mm-hmm. to produce that light and, and have ongoing damage weakening the monster which because is cool.
1: uh even for a, a high challenge rating monster this thing's kind of built like a tank it has on yeah. magical resistance magical weapons multiple ways to attack and harm things it can fly it can teleport it's a spellcaster yep It's good that it has some form of weakness to kind of offset all of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even then, after all of that, of course, this thing gets legendary actions and has layer actions, but I won't get into the
0: layer actions too heavily because that's just five paragraphs. (laughs) Uh,
1: So we won't dive into that. (laughs)
0: One of the things that I do like and I want to touch on, um, one of my favorite aspects of 5e is monsters with regional uh, effects. Oh, regional effects. Yes. Um, And this one says, all normal plant life within one mile of the lair wither and die and water sources within one mile of the lair are supernaturally fouled. A creature that drinks it will regurgitate it within minutes. I just wrote, <laughs> I swear, I just wrote, or well, I finished writing it a couple weeks ago, an adventure that dealt with this same thing based on a black dragon, and this is worded so much better. <laughs> so, yes. Um, what do you think, Ian?
2: This got would be nasty.
1: Oh, yeah, he's, he's gross. We, we, that's what it's about, though.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this guy will just shut down most parties, period.
0: Yeah, and by I, himself. And I think that's kind of the... the one of the best things about higher-level adventures is the challenging monsters you get to play with and have to watch the player characters struggle through that fight, you know? And I
1: think, uh, uh, especially in, like, the normal monster manual, a lot of the higher challenge rating stuff doesn't really scream super hard, whereas, mm-hmm. like, this one, like, a lot of the uh, the outside of the Wizards of the Coast stuff it seems more appropriately uh, scaled. scaled. Yeah, because yeah, I I, when you get to those higher levels, your Almost players gods. are kind of like gods. Yeah, they <laughs> kind of can do whatever they want. Yep. Uh, so this kind of uh, then that's that why it has so much though, stuff. Man,
0: that's savage.
1: Oh yeah, it has a ability to give paralysis on somebody by poisoning them.
0: Yeah, with its stinger, it's a legendary action, which means it uses yes.
2: it regularly. <laughs> yeah.
0: All uh, right. No recharges. It's yep. just a Pretty huge monster i like it's in it's i love that it's also got animate dead so yes. that fit that fits with the 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 rising of the what the bodox or whatever it is yep so. that
2: and being a servant of the uh god of undead so yeah, yeah it's just it a very
0: well it's fleshed very out monster it is fun but well, i don't know what the hell that is but it looks awesome <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird stuff everywhere um anything else to touch on that before we move on
1: uh no i think i covered everything that i wanted to cover on it
0: all right, me your guy. You want me to cover mine? All right. So, I got to see if I can pronounce this bastard's name. As you can see, I'm scrolling through. There he is. I love this guy. First of all, look at that artwork. That's gorgeous. I love it. Um, and I love the the detail of the moss in the in the the, 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 the almost like barnacles is growing on top of this thing. You got little sections of bark I don't know if he's wearing a helmet, a bark helmet, or, or what's going like on his there. Eyes are covered by. But, well, he's got tree one bark. eye because he's half Cyclops, half uh, oh, giant or okay. some shit. So that's cool. This is called the Nice, I guess. I think that's probably the best <laughs> it's going to go. It's distantly related to the Cyclops in Troll. The Nice <laughs> is a fourteen foot tall giant with a squat, heavy set body. I can relate. Moss, rocks, and petrified wood stick like barnacles on the skin of the boom (laughs) nisnis, running from the back of its large talon-like claws to its entire uh, upper uh, back, which enables it to blend into its surroundings effortlessly. Effortlessly. Did you Uh, ever play? I know um, how this is uh, in in the Xbox Fable in the Xbox. Oh yeah, Uh, they had the big bull, the big giants that were just like big. I do recall. Mounds. That's what this reminded me of, and it just kind of pulls itself up out of the out of all the the... moss ripping off
1: it. You could even say like it's been there for for like years, and all the overgrowth is already
0: attached to it. Yeah, I love it. Then it rips itself free. I could see that. Um, its singular eye lies at the center of its noseless head, which is interesting. Uh, It makes me wonder how it breathes. Maybe it doesn't breathe.
1: (laughs) It's a mouth breather.
0: No, I meant, like, smell. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I said um, breathe. I meant uh, smell. <laughs> Maybe uh, it doesn't smell. Because no. of its size, uh, its tusks and teeth, and in its inability to breathe through its nostrils. There it is. The boni- the Munisnis mouth is never fully closed, as if uh, struck, stuck in a permanent, obnoxious-looking grand. My mom always told me my face would get stuck like that watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> Um the Boosneesnees <coughs> uh lumbers about like a uh quadruped. Uh, what is Believe that? So, yeah. Quadruped?
2: Or Not quadruped. unlike yeah, a prob- gorilla.
0: Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh leading with its knuckles, which is really cool. Now there's a lot more lore and and stuff to really touch on here. Um obviously we don't have time to go through it. The one thing I wanted to point out is the boost, knees, knees in spite of being incredibly strong it is very cowardice, and that's just something you don't see oh no in like big all. brutish monsters right no,
1: not even uh, so
0: that was something that really made it uh stand out to me because here is a monster that says if it looks like it's it feels like it's going to lose it will run away that's what it's going to do
2: i'm picking this like uh, hulking, picking a 20 foot tall chihuahua.
0: well and in, in the details it actually does tell of Rumors that one once took a slash from a dagger and ran away. <laughs> like that's in the lore. Wow. Which I just think is great. Nice. Well, it also touches on the fact well how many didn't come back and get to tell that story, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that it was like a magic dagger or something. So uh so let's look at some of the stats of this. It uh it comes in two flavors. Um I love when I get giants that are also shamans, that just is something that I really, really enjoy. Not
1: something you see as often anymore. Right. I
0: can appreciate that. Um, the boost niece niece. Uh, has, uh, uh, the shaman one, which gives it access to spells. Um, but I want to, I want to focus more on just the, the one of its core powers. It does have charge. So, you know, it charges and can knock stuff down yep. if they fail their save, which is appropriate for a creature that's brutish. Mm-hmm. But the thing I want to talk about is it's horrible, horrid giggling. This thing basically just constantly admits Tasha's hideous laughter. And that is awesome. Yeah, like, it
1: really is kind of what that is. I
0: mean, just think about it. Your adventuring party stumbles on a group of adventurers battling this thing, and half of them are doubled over laughing their head off. I'd run. <laughs>
1: right? I wouldn't go near. It. I'd be like, Nah, they're on their own.
0: <laughs> that is something that just That's their
1: problem now. <laughs> just
0: stood out to me uh, so much. And I, I mean, you don't really, I don't know. Usually, you think spellcasters when you think the the horrid giggling, but. To have this on just a dumb giant is hilarious. Mm-hmm. A dumb giant that's afraid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very unique oh my gosh. monster. I can definitely see like uh, this being unforgettable no matter where or yeah. when you throw it in. Because it's just going to be strange. Yes. They'll they'll remember it for the rest of their
0: lives. <laughs> I would. <laughs> um, it does get poor depth perception. Which means it has disadvantage on any attack rolls outside of 30 feet. Which is a great, once again, This now we've seen this twice, mm-hmm. where there is a visible Achilles heel to these monsters. Yes. The last one, the that Annihilator, isn't just was... just some...
1: The, and it's not just some, like, oh, it takes, uh, it's weak to fire. Double damage, right? Right. It's not just that. It's some... And I, I like that. Again, you're, you're going to say, uh, you know, the the Hierophant was... Uh, mm-hmm. the, it, if it was in you know daylight, it suffered damage every turn. This thing it can't see more than thirty
0: feet away, <laughs> and those can be exploited. And to me, that's amazing mm-hmm. attention to detail on the uh, the writer or the author's part. And honestly, that's something I think I'm going to try putting more of an effort into because really, out of my, right off the top of my head, the only two creatures I can really think of that have any sort of obvious weakness is the troll, right? Yep, and then the um. The uh, okay, the trolls all I can think of right now, um, and so to see that in two of the monsters that we've covered already is fantastic because that means knowledge checks become super important. Yes. What do I know about this, uh, Billy? Don't know nothing but you, the arcane wizard. You recall reading a scroll of how they have poor depth perception. I can see that he has one eye. Ah, but most cyclops do, and they don't have this power or this de- defect, whatever. <laughs> um, and of course it has the t- traditional claw and tusk um once again the you have the the extra variant which goes up to a challenge rating 11 the shaman which once again still has to deal with the the poor depth perception (laughs) very unfortunate Um, but when you look at its powers it doesn't actually have anything that requires an attack roll except for the rock that it can throw so all the spells were specifically chosen so that he didn't have to suffer from poor depth perception Which Which kind of makes sense in
1: an evolutionary standard if you want to put it into, like, a real-world scenario. Like, if you can't see very far, are you really going to try and throw a fireball more than 30 (laughs) feet away? Like, no, you're just
0: going to make it suffer. Do you know what I like about this monster most? The way it looks? It can heal. Oh, that's very good. It can heal. Uh, (laughs) It's got healing word, which is awesome. And it's got some of my favorite ongoing damage spells, Heat Metal. Oh, that paladin is boned. That paladin's going to burn. And then you're going to also have Spike Growth. So those are some of my favorites, and I really like this. Ian, what do you think, Mr. Quiet over there?
2: I find this one unique because, as we mentioned before, the thing is a beefcake. (laughs) A beefcake, I love it. And uh, it does some really fun magic stuff, but it's a coward. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you just don't see something like that very yes, often it's just, if
0: ever honestly and that's what I think makes this so great the attention to detail alright we've talked about the Moon Nice Nice enough uh, once again this was probably one of my favorite monsters in the, in the manual so far but they are all really great mm-hmm. and what was your choice
2: first off there's a session co- about uh, a swang I hope I'm pronouncing that way which are basically like a simple description European style European Filipino style like vampires ghouls hags mm-hmm. Okay. So I love this picture. Yep. So Very they share a lot cool. of the weaknesses that vampires have, like, like uh. Garlic and all that, and. Ruling. Basically, you, you can become these by either being cursed, which you can <sighs> think remove by, like, remove curse, greater restoration, or if they're born, you have to use wish to get rid of, like, curse. Oh, no!
0: Oh, this is some blade level stuff! Oh yeah. Your mom's bitten while you're when she's pregnant with you, and you grow up with this curse, and that's why you uh, become an adventurer to get rid of the
2: curse. Yeah. That's oh awesome.
0: Uh, good hook. Okay. Oh, oh n- it says night stalkers. <laughs> yeah. Appropriate.
2: And they're all shape changers too. So between their human oh, form and their monstrous nice. form. Nice. <laughs> oh my god, that face.
0: <laughs> that's hideous looking.
2: But the one I picked out in particular on pitching one is the uh the I'm probably going to start a penultimate.
0: So, com- so they come in different flavors, I see. Yep. Like, this is a buso.
2: Yep, I picked a kubut. A kubut? Yep. And short version, this is a uh, dreadful female unsun who appears like a stunning, beautiful young maiden in her humanoid form. And behind her alluring lurks, has a dark personality as she is malicious, M- spiteful, and with conceit. In uh-huh. her fiend form, she resembles like a hag or a female vampire with dark gray skin, clawed hands, and feet. It has massive long hair that builds like... C- seaweed underwater. She moves like a spider, using her claws Gross. and hair to r- call across rooftops, tree branches, and steep walls. They're horrifying! Yeah! <laughs> and, a female affected with a curse ages a year each day. Oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> so to revert, You're on a time limit! So to revert her young age, she must transform into her uh, kubut form and feed on the life force of a young humanoid. Ugh, oh, my! that God. is so cool! Yep, like so so they uh, prowl through wood areas, secure fireman and alleys, searching for youthful victims, who she then oh my smothers god. and binds her with her hair, strands of hair ah, to their eyes, nose, nostrils, and mouth, and then drains their life essence, leaving a withered husk behind.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that is amazing. This is only challenge rating four, and it sounds terrifying!
1: Say, this thing sounds horrifying. It yeah. sounds like it'd be a much higher challenge rating, because it seems so... Yeah. Oh, this is different. <laughs>
2: And it actually mentions, like, in the uh, description, not the stat block, mind you, that when they're young, they pretend to be, like, a young woman, but when they're older, they may pretend to be their younger self's mom, if you will.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. They're out to get you. I would lo- I'd like to point Sorry. out that this, this says they got resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, slashing from non-magical weapons that aren't made from stingray barb. What the hell is stingray barb?
2: A stingray stinger.
0: Oh wow, that's very specific. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like good luck knowing that. And all well, the... that, thats see—that's another cool yeah. knowledge check opportunity. Yeah, now
2: the unsung have that weakness, if you will, all so, of them do. Yeah. Oh man, Cause, that's because cool. this is based off actual lore, as we firmly established, right. Already, so that's and, awesome. And for the one, and for the uh, Kuban in particular, some features of note is she in a bean form has
0: hair wrap. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That's some. uh okay.
2: what is that inhuman chick, Medusa? Yep. Well which has a reach of fifteen feet. Okay. On a hit, if the target is medium or smaller, they become grappled. Okay. And, and until the grapple ends, the heart can't breathe, is blinded, restrained, and she can't use her hair up against any other targets. <laughs> which, <laughs> which leads into a, another ability which won't shock anybody Do you heard the description so far is consume energy. Yes. I love it. Basically, any creature she's grappling, the target makes a DC-12 constitution saving throw, and if they fail, they take 48 necrotic damage on the failed save, or half as much if they succeed. She regains that hit points equal to the amount of necrotic damage dealt, and if the creature dies in the action, she reverts that creature's age, but she can't double the age of 18. Oh mm-hmm.
0: come on, who put that in there? I would love one of these things just keep getting reborn. Return into, like, a child? Yeah! And then they start all over. Thus, you were born with the disease, right? And now you gotta grow. I don't know, man. That's the shame they put that in there. That might be tied to the lore or it, something. It's tied to the lore.
2: Mm. But, man, this
0: is... This is a monster is terrifying.
1: All of um, these are. This is All of these are. This is one of the few times where, while you're grappled, not only are you blinded and restrained, but you can't breathe. Yes. So you are suffocating while this is happening. So even if you could, somehow... Managed to survive all the necrotic damage and you never broke free you still end up suffocating to death and dying anyway that's
0: horrible what a horror this i mean i didn't realize it at first but i can see her art her hair in this thing snooping slipping around coming to get this poor guy in a helmet
1: and it's cool because you wouldn't think anything of it otherwise until after you read it
0: yeah that's fantastic uh, I really like this. I love the attention to detail. Anybody else notice these all have proficiency bonus included now?
2: Yeah. Um, really that's the thing that, that people have complained
0: about in the, the the regular D&D books, that it doesn't include proficiency. That's because most of them are inconsistent and don't follow an actual pattern. But uh, yeah, I think that's a that's nice, true. nice little touch. Um, that's true. I would say the thing that I really like about this is it's so deep in, in, in knowledge checks. You can have knowledge checks for them re- aging rapidly, which might explain why they are on a, hunt- a particular hunting pattern. Um, the fact that they can only be killed by stingray barbs. Um, also, the, the fact that it's a shape changer. All these things are tools that the the players can use to discover um, what they're fighting. You know, mm-hmm. Almost as a, like a, a monster hunt. You don't know what it is you're chasing, and these little clues get left behind. Um, just enough for you to, to, to poke around on them.
2: And I kind of like the fact that, that these, uh, the, all the, also in general, you treat a lot of them, a lot of them like vampires, mm-hmm. but their CR is lower than that of vampires, so you can yeah. have a vampire-like encounter without actually no. dealing with the higher stats. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and uh, then, are this is kind of almost like a high, some of them are like a hybrid, like, this is almost like a werewolf, this, uh, this Halamol is almost like a vampire-werewolf mix. Wereboar, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um... But yeah, the, I mean, the, the content in this book is just phenomenal. The Kubot, the co- Kubot, what is it? Koboot? Uh, Koboot? Whatever. Kubot. Uh, are, this one's got wings! <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: there's all sorts of different the versions of
0: these things. The Wow. For that five times, yes. Right? Uh, and it's missing half, it's bot, does its body detach? Uh, oh my god, look at that! In the window, half of its body's standing there with the upper half flying away! That's wild. That's disgusting and disturbing. All right, so uh, obviously there is a lot of monsters in this bad boy. Can we take a uh, moment? Yep,
2: that the have a self segmentation ability. Oh still. my god.
0: Let's talk a minute about the uh there's a clockwork uh beholder that I thought was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I love all you've even got
2: more uh, bugbear uh yeah, there varieties. was uh, like
1: six different bugbears added.
2: Yep, they toughen a few orcs too, for that matter. Actually, yeah. actually, they toughened a lot of things for producing you know, creatures, which I don't mind you at some, all.
0: Giving you some variation, actually, that sort of build was the original in, in, uh, inspiration for uh, our monster variants, right? Because uh-huh. hey, there's a goblin and a goblin boss. Well, that's very limiting. <laughs> so, what else do we got? Um, this artwork is just gorgeous. I the the teams really did a fantastic job of really capturing the essence of the. The, the class,
2: or the the unique monsters. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. is there anything in the book you guys wanted to talk about? I know
2: there's one thing I want to mention in particular. Like, obviously, we mentioned they bring like, a, lot, a lot of new creatures in here. They bring in variants for already previous monsters, uh-huh. and they actually bring in, like, uh, past monsters from previous editions that we haven't seen yet. Right, right. But what I wanted to mention in particular is they actually have two templates in here you can apply to the other monsters. What? One is, like, the multi-headed dragon, which I gotcha. won't get too far into. But the other one is the Revenant. Oh, there it is. Clockwork beholder. What? T- page 218. 218. Look yeah. at that. Isn't it beautiful? It's yeah. a Clockwork beholder. Yep. Looks wild.
0: I want one. Me too. <laughs> well, it's got spell mis- redirection. Somebody casts a spell and it can send it somewhere else. That's its cone effect instead of anti magic. Awesome. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to derail. pretty real Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, what'd you pay? 20 what? 218. 218? Let's go take a look here. Ah, templates. So. This is something that I really like, and I want to, I've been trying to put something together for this for the entire, for an entire, like, piece of book content, because mm-hmm. uh, I like to take features from one monster and apply it to another. I think that's a great way to add variation into your campaign setting. Absolutely. And the fact that they provide a couple good ones here is pretty awesome. It's basically like, here are the features you want.
1: Um, is what makes them what they are. What they
0: are, yeah. Which is very cool. That's a nice little touch. And you, there's only a couple of them, you said? Get, see, yeah. The Manticore, the Ogre.
2: Right, well, but, they this, but they apply a template to, yeah. to them. So. so they
0: basically took an existing stat block and applied the Revenant stat block template that they made. And you come out with very unique monsters, which is awesome.
2: And the idea of a Frostjack Revenant? Trent,
0: Trent Revenant, that's awesome.
2: <laughs> a Dragon Revenant
0: would be insane. There's a Wyvern. Close enough, I guess. Yeah, there's a multi-headed dragon. One, I think. Look at those; those are that. Some more underwater monsters, man. I re- we did that. Mark
2: uh, huh? What's it called? So, it's a Hagen. Is that what sohagen. it's called? Yep, there exists, but they give you more of them. Yeah,
0: I love it. There needs to be more. That's what I'm saying. There needed to be more underwater monsters. Mm-hmm. I was very limited when I was building my underwater encounters. Yeah, but overall, this is a fantastic book. The art. What the hell is that? Couldn't tell it's you. It's a giant, flaming, ice, lightning, green chicken. What the hell? It is a Saramanok. A Serimamok. A Sarimanook?
2: It gives you a pronouncer for pizza, man.
0: Sarimanook. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. I oh, besides so. oh,
2: they get pronouncers for most of these things. <laughs> which is good. Yes. For goofy bastards like me.
0: Oh, yeah, it's got basically its prismatic tail. is kind of like a peacock, and each one does different type of damage. That is cool. I love it. Very
1: bizarre things in here.
0: Alright, obviously we could talk about this all day, um, and I would love to, but uh, I'm not going to. So we're going to (laughs) go ahead and move on unless there's anything else you guys wanted to touch on for the Monster Manual Expanded 3. Uh, Nothing I need to touch on, I feel like. All right. Um, I would like to say, if you are interested in this, you want to check it out, please use our affiliate link at rebrand.ly slash mme 3. Uh, that'll take you to the blog about this as with the link there uh, with our affiliate link. So please check it out. All right. And with that, we will move on. Hey, Crit Nation. Today's episode is sponsored by the Endgame Content Podcast, a show for gamers by gamers. Every week, these four idiots talk about their exploits in video games and Dungeons and Dragons. They discuss current events in the gaming world and their favorite topics altogether, generally having a pretty good time. You don't need to know much about video games or role-playing games to enjoy them. They'll teach you everything that you want to know, plus you will be cracking up in laughter as you listen. When you're done with that, leap on over to their D&D actual play show, Dungeons & Doofuses. You can find endgame content and Dungeons & Doofuses on Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. I do want to take a second to uh, promote one of our uh, our, our big bad uh, products here. If you like monsters and you like fleshed out details, not only need you do you need to get Monster Manual Expanded Three, but also consider checking out our uh, memorable monsters. We believe monsters are more than just stat blocks, and you can find fully fleshed out um, NPC's and monsters in our Monster Manual. It is a five star rated product right now, and there's lots of good things about it I could go on and on but since I don't have a script in front of me I'll just be rambling and that's no good for anybody so please (laughs) head on over to Crit Academy and check out all of our products memorable monsters is big we do have a new uh kickstarter coming up so keep an eye out for that I'm really excited for that uh and with that let us move on to our unearthed tips and tricks
2: and now what you've all been waiting for our unearthed tips and tricks segment where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. Our character cast is, a uh, Pixrin Galaxirn. Say that five times fast. Good job. <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, she's a towering young brass scaled dragonborn. She dresses in a thin silk cloak with a cowl to cover her head, and her thick backpack bulges with rectangular shapes of the collection of the books she added inside. A pair of cotton spectacles set atop her snout, and her claws clutch a large leather-bound tome with Zenith-Athorian etched into it. Personality-wise, she has not the interest in random violence and believes the teachings of history can help us come to an understanding. She tends to walk and read her tome at the same time. <laughs> Combined with being absent minded and clumsy, she often finds herself bumping into people and objects, <laughs> usually le- leaving her left sprawling on the ground. And his- history, she grew up seeking knowledge and hopes of becoming a wizard and master of the mystic arts. Unfortunately, she had zero talent for the skill. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do this, <laughs> but I can't. Her thirst for knowledge has led her to study the world, its cultures, and religions. As she delved into the history of religion, she learned to tap into the weave in a different manner through prayer. So, basically, a cleric we're talking? Yeah. Interesting. And her, her motivation? Someday she would love to share her passion with the world. She seeks to open her own library and fill it with as much knowledge as she can. All right. So, I mentioned we have
0: another Kickstarter that'll be launching. And one of the high level adventures that I wrote, I think it was a level, higher level, it was level nine. Uh, this is one of the main characters. And I had so much fun writing her, I wanted to include her in our, our show. Um, she becomes kind of, she seeks out the player's help. Mm-hmm. To find a lost library that's full of knowledge that has, you know, been lost. Right. Um, and so she hires the party to do so. And she's so much fun. And I cannot wait to uh, release this to you guys. What do you guys think of this character concept?
1: It. The thing that that actually uh, that's, that's funny for me is that usually when you see a dragonborn... Uh, they're usually, like, kind of brutish and yeah. very much so, like, the aggressor in a lot of situations. And in this case, it's just uh, they are aggressively stuck in their books.
0: And and, and clumsy, too. like <laughs> clumsy on top of it all. <laughs> I think that's just funny, having this big, you know, ginormous seven and a half foot tall lizard bumping into stuff all the time. Yeah. Oh, and usually she
1: is the loser in the encounter. She's right? the one left on the ground.
0: Yeah, actually, that's how you. She's introduced too. She stumbles, and all her paperwork goes everywhere. And she asks the players to help her catch it. That's funny. I like that. <laughs> that's good. All right, I think that'll do it for our character concept, Pyrixian Galalixrin.
1: Uh, yeah, that's definitely the name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, moving on to our monster, we have the Battle Commander. So. To build the battle commander, you're going to want to start with the stat block of the gladiator. You can see where I'm going with this. Very quickly. Uh, And (laughs) we don't actually have to get rid of any special features or anything. We can keep it as is. We're going to give them some more utility though. Battle commands. The commander shouts commands until the start of the commander's next turn. The commander can select from one of the three following effects the cunning action. Provided the commander isn't incapacitated, an ally that starts its turn within 30 feet of the commander and can hear the commander can take the dash, disengage, and hide action as a bonus action. How about that, given all of his minions cutting kind the of action? That's really good. Yeah, that's I fun. like that. How about strike fear into their hearts? Provided the commander isn't incapacitated, an enemy that starts its turn within 30 feet of the commander and can hear the commander must succeed on a DC 13 wisdom saving throw or become... uh, frightened until the end of this uh, until the start of its next turn if the creature's saving throw is successful the creature is immune to the intimidating uh the 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 strike fear into their hearts uh for 24 hours um and then the third one is steadfast resolve provided the commander isn't incapacitated obviously he's incapacitated none of these works can't talk Uh, an ally that starts his turn within 30 feet of the commander can hear the commander gains advantage on saving throws against being charmed and frightened until the start of its next turn so we basically took the the, the Gladiator stablock block and made it a leader-style character, making all the creatures around him more versatile and more action-oriented, making for more dynamic combat. What do you guys think?
2: I do think that we don't see enough commander abilities in the game as it is. So mm-hmm. I think this is a good application to, yep. to add more flavor to the battles. And kind of a double-edged sword of this, so it's because of your leader type, You can't put a target on them as a result. That's definitely true. But, when he's still alive, (laughs) he's making his allies that much better.
0: (laughs) And I think it also gives, it It does something that doesn't happen often, and it encourages role play in the middle of combat from, like, a communication standpoint. Mm -hmm. If the, 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 the commander is standing there and he shouts, You! Minion in the red shirt number three! Charge over there and deal with that, you know? And then he uses his
2: disengage action to, 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 you know... My only question is, I don't think it's specified outright. Are these, like, uh, legendary actions, standard actions? Oh, no, these
0: are just actions it can do. So it's just Um, just an action? Yes. Okay. (laughs) It gives up, basically, his action to buff up other stuff all right, it not yeah other it doesn't make it here it's not very clear here mm-hmm. um, but
2: i thought
1: it was just like a passive i was like this thing's broken no no no
0: it's, it's, it requires <laughs> <just>, his action <laughs> he, he just chooses
1: one and he, it's just him saying something here. and it just works
0: <laughs> there we go i'll put it under actions <laughs> that's where it would go in the stat block anyway yeah uh anything that's else funny. for this you guys no that's good i like that all right austin would you like to tell us about our encounter and i'm sorry But this was already written before I went to the bullet point thing. (laughs) I wasn't going to undo it. And it's it's from our uh, upcoming uh, Kickstarter.
1: Yeah. So this encounter, I guess, is a crawl through the desolate wastelands. An excerpt from Extraordinary Expeditions, our upcoming Kickstarter. Now, while the characters wander through a desert town, the vendors try to push their goods and services upon new coming adventurers. The 10-foot tall high walls that surround the concentric circle city Help protect against the stinging dust and wind. As the characters wander through Karnak, they meet Pixryn Galrixirn, a uh, use acolyte stat block with a seventeen intelligence score. A towering brass dragon, you know, born who bumps into the party clumsily and you know, sounds, sounds familiar. familiar. <laughs> like it's a monster we, ju- it like we just talked about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <got> that, yeah. <laughs> uh, her weathered leather uh, bound tome drops to the ground, and notes begin to fly in all directions. She panics and begins shouting, "Don't let those escape!" And oh my. Uh, Those are important. Can I get some help? (laughs) Uh, A character who succeeds on a DC-15 Wisdom Perception check catches the title of the book on its binding, Zenith Athenaeum. A character who succeeds on a DC-18 Intelligence Arcana or History check recalls a reading of the Lost Library and its vast wealth of knowledge. She has come to the Desolate Wastelands in search of the Lost Zenith Athenaeum, said to be the grandest library to ever exist. Uh, she has plenty of information that points to his existence somewhere in the wastelands, likely buried over the centuries, much like everything else out there. And, of course, uh, we have this lovely D8 table filled with encounters. Uh, yeah, you don't
0: gotta read all of them. We won't you want to pick them. one or two and talk about them?
1: Uh, sure. So, I mean, this one's uh, nice and... Easy. uh The characters are hunted by a pack of two d eight plus or two d four, excuse me, plus four rabid hyenas. You really, you literally pick the, literally pick the most boring
2: option. There, are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> yeah, because he just What's the, shortest it's not 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 the, the shortest option? Not the shortest
2: option. Oh no, there the, is one. One with
0: the ambush doom mimic. <laughs> There's is the, the shortest mimic. That's fair. Yeah, that's from the Tome of Beasts. And if you have not seen the dune Mimic, you are missing out. That sounds that's scary. amazing. Scary.
2: And for the record, Tome of Beasts is not one of its products. Just FYI, so. right? It is a Cobalt Press. But I do believe they have an SRD for those, too, don't they? Uh, Well, it's part sure. of it, but
0: I got permission to use their products in my oh. book, so... Okay, that's different. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, so. what, uh, Extraordinary Expedition is going to have a lot of Toma Beast monsters in it. So if you got that's the book... One. Even better.
1: Uh, during uh, Let's choose option number two here. During their march through the sweeping dunes, the characters create sand avalanches. Each character must succeed on a DC 14 dex saving throw. On a failed save, they tumbled down a dune and... Uh, woo, the character loses one item at random <laughs> or of the GM's choice into the sinking sands. A passive reception oh. of 17 is needed to spot the item is missing and a successful DC 19 investigation check is needed to locate each item. So uh, remember right. those soft stats, guys. Uh, you will need them.
2: I'm just picturing
0: like losing a magical item. Well, and that was kind of the intent. So in this uh, this adventure... There's like a D, I think it's a D twenty table, and every time they they have to roll survival checks and mm-hmm. stuff. And when they fail, they have to roll on this table.
1: That's very smart. And so, like
0: uh, you might end up losing gear through the the hurt the, the sandstorms and and falling down dunes and shit. And that was I think that's one of my unfortunate. Very yeah, and it yeah. could be it could go from being really crappy to not even noticing depending on the item. Like if you do it randomly, ah, eh, you might lose your uh. I don't know, your writing quill or something. Or you might lose your
2: water bottle. Yeah, I might want to hire a ranger who knows the desert. <laughs>
0: well, and that's actually what I was going for. Uh the classes that can specialize in those mm-hmm. will excel in
2: this particular
0: exactly. adventure. Exactly. Yes. So if you've got the the ranger in your party that you feel like they don't excel enough, this is the encounter to, to, to the adventure to run for them. Exactly.
2: Or, or hire one. Yeah. There there actually are rules for that. People just keep forgetting. That. Yep, absolutely.
0: I forget hirelings, right?
2: So. Yes. Uh, all right. Very cool.
0: Hey, Crit Nation, Justin here. We actually had a power outage during our show. Um, so we attempted to gather together to make a recording and finish the show up. Unfortunately, we couldn't get our schedules to align. So I will be finishing up the last of our UTTs. I know it's only me. Hopefully that still tickles your dice and you enjoy it. If you don't, I apologize for it not being up to the quality of standard you're used to from us here at Crit Academy Studios. With that, let's get into it. We'll be continuing on with our magic item day, the Phoenix Feathered Arrow. This weapon is an arrow that's very rare. A Phoenix Feathered Arrow is a magic weapon ammunition meant to provide a touch of elemental power to an archer's arsenal. Not only does the arrow burst into flames upon impact, it has the power of Rebirth of the Phoenix. When a creature or an object is hit by a ranged attack using this ammunition, it takes damage from the arrow, and the creature must succeed a DC 15 Constitution saving throw, or take 4d10 fire damage on a failed save, or half as much damage on a successful one. Now, once the Phoenix feathered arrow is fired and deals extra damage to a creature, it turns to ash, leaving behind a single phoenix feather. During the next dawn, the phoenix feather regains its magic and becomes a phoenix feathered arrow again. How awesome is that? This is something I really, really liked. I found the original idea uh, while I was perusing on the D&D Beyond group. I made some, uh, I, I made some adjustments because I didn't like some of the details, but the same concept is there and it's absolutely fantastic. The one thing that really gets the shaft is the bows and archers in D&D. I think in the Dungeon Master there's one magic bow. <laughs> if you don't count the plus one, plus two, plus three stuff. Um. And this was something that really allows them to have, you know, a secret weapon in their their back pocket that they can bust out. The cool thing about it is, yes, it does fire damage, but you can totally change this to any element you want. Um, I'm immediately thinking of something along the lines of like an ice arrow that leaves behind an ice crystal that slowly freezes over time into a new arrow, um, but does cold damage. So it's a really neat idea. It's a great uh, addition to any uh, archer's arsenal, whether they're a ranger or a fighter or somewhere in between. I think that'll do it for our Phoenix Feathered Arrow. Our Dungeon Master tip of the podcast is evolving monsters. Now, In most cases, when a monster or a villain is defeated, they are kind of considered dead or gone or whatever. Simple as that. The characters never really see them again in most cases. There are some big bad enemy guys that are the exception, right? But one of the fun aspects of the game is character progression. So my question is you... Why does this have to only be something that the player characters experience? There are plenty of stories that contain a villain or antagonist who grows in power right alongside the protagonists, which I just think is great. So why not let this concept seep into our Dungeons & Dragons games? Not every enemy is going to be willing to fight to the death. This gives them the opportunity to escape with their lives, then reintroduce them later into the story, making them stronger. A great example would be having the characters fight a bandit captain and his gang. After his gang's defeat, he seeks revenge, not only for the defeat of his gang, but the humiliation that he suffered at the hands of goody goodies. After the encounter, he goes to toughen up. You know, he picks up some better equipment. He works on his swordsman skills. So next time when they meet him, he has a new set of splint armor. Is due wielding a longsword alongside a scimitar. So now you can use the veteran stat block. This helps immerse the characters in the world by basically showing them that they're not the only thing that grows in the world and becomes stronger. Um, And what's really cool about this is you can kind of add some of the battle um, flavor into it. So let's say the last attack, instead of describing him going down uh, with a blade to the gut, maybe he takes a serious gash onto his uh, back that comes up along the side of his neck and onto his face. So he has this permanent scar. So next time he comes back, he has a particular vendetta against the person who got that just finishing blow and may even try to, you know, scar their face in, in retribution. Um, so this is something I don't see enough of, and I would love to see, um, more of it in my games. I obviously, I'm always trying to take my own advice and include things like this. In fact, in one of our, our, our first plane shifters episode, I had some of the villains escape. So, uh, of course they were already kind of powerful, but, um, they'll come back with some magic weapons and stuff. So that's going to be exciting. So what do you think about this? Is this something that's interesting to you? Do you already do this? If so, how do you implement it? I think that'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip, Evolving Monsters. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't be a dick. Today, we're going to talk about the Skeleton Hand Grenade. So, big bad giving you trouble? No problem. Release a horde of confused and angry skeletons. First off, you're going to want to get yourself a bag of holding. Let's be honest, every adventuring party pretty much gets one of these. Once that task is complete, you go in search of skeletons. Once located, use the spell like sleep or non-lethal damage to knock them unconscious. Or charm person and have them just walk right into the bag of holding for you. Now, um... Go seek out more and just continue to stuff them in there because they don't breathe or anything. They don't have to worry about, you know, them dying. They're already kind of undead. <laughs> the weight limit of a bag of olden is 500 pounds, which means you can probably approximately fit about 18, 19, maybe even 20 skeletons inside before it's full. Since the skeletons don't eat or breathe, as I had mentioned, they'll basically live in there indefinitely, though they may get a bit pissed off. <laughs> While they're in there, it's dark and all they got for... They've literally got no bony elbow room, right? So when you're ready to release a powerful plague upon your foe, you throw the bag of holding like with a sling or your arm um, and chuck it over your enemy and use a mage hand or or, um, uh, a string that you've tied to it to open it once it's in the distance and pull it open. And so that it pops inside out and now watch as the area is flooded off with nearly uh, two dozen pissed off skeletons. Remember, they have low intelligence level, uh, which means they pretty much are going to attack anything that moves at this point. That's not the creature that created them. So now watch as your dungeon master screams and cries in agony as you just obliterated his, his, his monster. Now, obviously he might probably, he or she might get, on to you during this process but it's certainly something worth trying at least once to see how it goes it's a lot of fun and it is a very clever use of the bag of holding (laughs) um honestly i totally would be on board as the dm with this uh, and i would not be shy of using a similar trick against my players so I think that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't be a dick. And you can void dickitude by using the skeleton hand grenade. Before we close out today, we do have a gift to give away compliments of us. So today we're going to be giving away a copy of our Paladin Oath of the Voidwalker. If you don't know, the Voidwalkers are a cosmic guards that maintain the balance of all that exists in the world. While each paladin of this oath may interpret the tenets of the Void slightly different, one thing remains the same. All things will eventually return to the Void. What makes these paladins so awesome? They are very much crowd control characters. Um, sure, they can wear plate and and wield big weapons, but a lot of their interdimensional teleportation abilities are very much used for, uh, battlefield control. A great example is using their channel divinity to swap location with allies and to randomly teleport enemies around the battlefield, uh, especially when they go to attack, you know, their allies. It's really a very fun and Great uh, Paladin Oath. And in, don't take it from me, Rogue Watson says, Oath of the Voidwalker is a six-page project featuring a single subclass. And it's a darn good one. So consider checking that out if you can. You can find a link at our website at craigamy.com. Our winner today is k All right. If you didn't win, have no uh, have no fear. You can head on over to critacademy.com and subscribe for your chance to win. If you don't know, you can join follow our newsletter and get a free copy of our Challenge Accepted Challenge Skills uh, Skill Challenges for your D and D Fifth Edition game. I want to thank you for joining us today, and we are sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, please join us on our next episode. where We'll be discussing how to design and write a and D campaign your players will love. If you enjoy the show and you'd like to support us, not only head on over to CritAcademy.com, but follow us on social media, leave us a review. Please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel. We are now over 4,000 followers and it continues to grow. We'll be at five in no time. Please come and join the rest of Crit Nation. Check out our one-minute uh, D&D tips and all of our shorts and stuff. we got lots of goodies there, as well as our newest actual play show, Plane Shifters. I am your host, Justin. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes.